Imagine being able to put a sensor on your brain and listen to it. Hello, I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Learning Capacity. This podcast is brought to you by LearnFast. If you'd like to know more about LearnFast, visit learnfasthome.com.au. And remember, we always like to hear what you think. Please send your emails to feedback at learnfastgroup.com.au. Dr. Steve Miller is the Chief Science Officer for Novanix Corporation. He's one of the driving forces behind the development of Novanix Clarity, a wearable piece of technology that can listen in on your brain and track your concentration in real time. It might sound a little bit like science fiction, but the technology behind it, known as EEG, is actually about 100 years old. Elite athletes and businesses are now using neuroscience to improve performance or make strategic business decisions. So the appearance of a product like Novanix Clarity is not as surprising as you might think. And for education, there are significant implications. We can now more effectively monitor concentration, which is so often a problem for struggling learners. Conversely, it also offers the opportunity to enhance learning for advanced students. In this episode, Dr. Miller explains how it all works. Steve Miller, welcome to the conversation. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, you're working on some really interesting hardware. Let me see if I've got this straight, just in a very broad sense. Uh, you're developing a, a headset that someone can wear and track their actual levels of concentration in real time. Have I got that even remotely correct? Uh, yes, you do. The, the technology, um, uh, the, the actual, um, the technology has advanced quite a bit as, as technology does advance. Um, but it's, it's history is probably a hundred years old. Um, uh, in, uh, most, um, uh, hospitals uh, around the world, um, uh, we've heard of EEG systems, um, you know, uh, in the States, when a baby's born, they can't leave the hospital until they've had their auditory system tested. And we do that by presenting clicks to the baby while we record their what's called auditory brainstem response with, um, a sensor, uh, placed on their skin, you know, on their head. Mm. And so, and so measuring that EEG, that electroencephalography, the, the listening to the brain, so to speak. Um, is uh, more than 100 years old, and we do it in hospitals and clinics, and uh, and I've been doing it with companies <laughs> wow. uh, for several years and uh, setting up research labs to do that. The real advance is that we've been able to bring that system down to a level where it's affordable to the to, as a consumer product, so uh, something that isn't hundreds of dollars, but is a, is a hundred dollars. So I guess. Um, I, sorry, I guess the reason why I, I suggested earlier that I was trying to just even get this remotely correct is because I, I guess for the for the average person in the street, if you walked up to them and said, here, put on this thing that looks like uh, something that you might have associated with a Sony Walkman from 20 years ago, and and then told them, hey, this is going to measure your attention, it's going to you know measure your brainwaves, they'd probably look at you a bit strange and go... Um, are you for real? Is this a science fiction story? But what you're saying, suggesting is this has been going on for a long time, and in fact, it's a lot less science fiction than what, what people might think. Yeah, the, the the interesting part is when when we when people start to learn that, um, you know, uh, elite athletes, um, individuals who are in um, you know special divisions of uh, of the military, um, companies uh, are are using um, neuroscience and brain activity to make strategic business decisions about new product concepts, new mission statements, 
Uh, what do people think about their brand? Um, testing new products. The idea that we can measure people's uh, attention and and uh, and beyond that, although I don't do it right now, but attention and emotion and memory skills is um, really um, sounds very science fictiony. Although the um, it's very much in the real world and it's very much available and and uh, there's uh, neuroscience labs around the world that work for companies uh, five days you know or seven days a week. And that's what they do. They, with people's explicit knowledge and consent forms, um, they put sensors on your, um, on your scalp and they listen to your brain. Uh, wow. in our case, as you pointed out, uh, we now have one that you can put on yourself and you can also take it off, uh, and you can put it back on and take it off, but you can own it. Um, and so we've taken something that, that, you know, um, at the high end for a medical center or for, you know, um, um, you know, a fortune 100 company, they spend thousands of dollars on a very sensitive system. Now we have something where a single sensor or a few sensors can be purchased for the range of, you know, a hundred to, to $300. Uh, and, um, you can get those from a variety of companies. It's uh, not just me working in this area. Uh, it's actually one that I think is, uh, kind of, uh, I won't say it's exploding, but, uh, it's taking off in, uh, in, uh, Australia um, and the States, um, and maybe, uh, some research labs in, uh, Korea and Japan are probably leading the way. Now, I'm not asking you with this question to just lay your blueprints out to the world on your product, but I must say, I'm very, very curious. Can you explain to us in simple terms, and I'm sure the listeners are just dying to know this, how does this thing work? So, uh, the, the way, uh, uh, EEG works uh, and again, when you think about it, to, you know, the idea that in, in you know, 1925, um, somebody was able to record and they were quite fascinated that they could actually record brain activity from, you know, an awake behaving person without having to do surgery or, or make them do anything other than, you know, put a, um, a, a sensor on their, on their skin. So what happens is the, uh, the brain is, while you're thinking, the brain is emitting uh, electrical signals. They're very small. They're much smaller than, than a watch battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what, um, what we do is we have equipment that listens to that activity, um, samples it, you know, captures it, and amplifies it so we can measure it more easily. And a computer is syncing that, that information and doing some math on it to pull out the frequencies um, the way we can, uh, you know, pass light through a prism and see the rainbow go through yep. it. Yep. We can do a similar thing with brain activity. So we get this complex signal. Um, when you're sleeping, we have a very slow brain response with nice slow waves because the brain isn't as active. Um, of course, when we go through a dream state, we have what's called REM activity. And then the brain becomes highly active and looks very similar to the awake behaving brain. Because in many ways, the brain is reliving parts of the day. Right. And, and, and if we don't have that, we don't learn because our memory hasn't been consolidated. So we, we, we have, believe it or not, if, um, if we want to spend more money on a headset, we actually can, mem- uh, can record memory formation in real time. Isn't that wild? So we can actually know if you have a chance of remembering something or not. <laughs> That's, yeah, well, I think the description that you used of wild is uh, is pretty close. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here just sort of 
wondering what the implications of this are. So it, during this interview, I'm sitting here with a pair of headphones on, and I'm just wondering if I had the headset on, would it feel similar to having a pair of headphones on? Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, um, I mean, um, again, like headphones, um, you know, when they're on, <laughs> um, but if I put headphones on versus an EEG sensor, um, and I put the EEG sensor in, you know, inside the, the, where the band is that goes on your hair mm-hmm. or on your head, um, you would, you would know that there was something there, but after, you know, 15 or 20 seconds, you would, you wouldn't know if it was on or you would know that it was there. You, you forget about it. It is that light. It is that thin. Um, the, the cutting edge stuff, again, that's a little bit more expensive, um, actually is like a bandage. I mean, it's, it's actually a foil. You, you, you wouldn't, if it, if it fell uh, on your hair, it wouldn't, it wouldn't press your hair down. I mean, it's that light. More from my discussion with Steve Miller coming up. You can subscribe to this podcast for free. You can find it on iTunes, or you can also visit soundcloud.com slash learnfast, where you'll find the appropriate links to download the SoundCloud app for your Apple or Android device. Once again, that's soundcloud.com slash learnfast. So when this, thing's actually, when this thing's actually working, can you tell that something is measuring your brain activity? Is there any feedback to the human about that? Oh, it, no, it's completely passive. So you don't have, uh, you don't know if it's on or not. <laughs> I mean, you know if it's physically on, like your headphones are on. Right. Mm. But um, I would say the same thing to you about a microphone or your headset. If I turn your microphone on when you're talking in, you know, into a, into a microphone, you don't know if the microphone's on or not until you hear the feedback. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and that's caught many people out. I can assure you. <laughs> right. And so, and so it's, but the technology is almost identical, right? Is we're taking the, the, the vibrations from your voice. We're sampling them. We're amplifying them and we're playing them through a system on the other end so that it can, again, create uh, uh, turbulence in the air that ends up being heard as human speech. Well, in our case, we're taking brain activity, which is too quiet for you to hear with your ear, and we're amplifying it like we amplify your voice, and we make it into a, a digital signal, and then we're doing math on it, and then we're taking that math and we're calculating the different parts of your brain systems that have their own frequency, right? And so you, um, uh, the way you would tune in a radio. So you'd kind of say, um, you know, I don't know what your favorite radio station is uh, where you live in Australia, but, you know, let's say it's AM 100 <laughs> um, or AM 1000, right? That's a so, good name. I like that. Okay. So um, let's say your attention system is called AM 30. And if you turn in your AM50 station, you'll get a different brain network talking to you, one that does higher frequency stuff. So when we look at the sleeping brain, we see slow waves. The minute that you open your eyes and start to process what's in front of you, the waves get less slow and they start to look jittery. Why? Because all that information is now being processed. And so that processing causes little, you know, little squiggles on that slow wave and and we can measure that we can measure it as energy and we can also calculate um how intense it is well Mm. as you can imagine that intensity of that waveform from the slow wave to the fast wave is a measure of attention yeah yeah okay so how does the how does the user interface with the object i mean I've, i've got this fanciful idea in my head of having a uh 
wearing the band and then looking at my iPhone and tracking my attention. Is, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, so exactly. So anything that you're doing, if if we can figure out what you're looking at or figure out what you're touching, we can link that brain measure of, of attentional energy to the interaction. And so what we've been doing is we, uh, so many people use their computers for learning. So if you're reading something on your phone or a tablet or your computer screen, every time you turn the page, all we do is we just record page turned. <laughs> right. And then, and then when you turn the next page, we'll say that last page gets an attention score of X right mm -hmm. now, if you turn the, you know, again, this is how we're doing it. Uh, other people could do it slightly differently. If you turn the page too quickly, we're going to assume you didn't read it. You were just turning the page. Mm -hmm. If you spent too much time on the page, we'll, we'll note that so that you understand that you might have actually daydreamed, right? Mm -hmm. You may have stopped processing it. But again, what we're trying to help you with is kind of give you a DVR for your own learning experience. We're not going to say, you know, Cullen doesn't have good attention, what we're going to say is, Cullen, you didn't find this book engaging. You know oh, okay. why? Because you drifted off. Right. And But but the, the key is, and I'm sure you've had this experience, we've all had this experience, we pick up a book that we maybe read three or four days ago and we say to ourselves, oh, I think I was, I think I read to here, page 308, because it looks kind of used till that page. And I look and I, and I remember some of the reading. And then I start reading and I read three or four more pages and I go, oh, I actually remember this part happening. So I must have, I must have read to here, <laughs> you know, and so that we don't always know the spot that we left the book. But in this case, I have a measure in exact kind of brain activity. So you can go back and maybe page 17 through 21, you really didn't read mm. too deeply. Now, now you have a choice. And, and uh, you know, um, I had an eighth grader who said, he said, hey, if I need to know that stuff, I have to go back and reread that. And that's what we want to give people the opportunity to do. We're not going to tell you, um, hey, you shouldn't have uh, drifted off there. But we want you to know you drifted off so that you have an opportunity to revisit that information. That's fascinating. Can, that's and, that's... We, and we found that people, you know, as you can imagine, you know, big, big shock. People have done better <laughs> when yeah, they sure. get that information than people who don't have that information. Sure. Yeah. I'm just really wanting to ask this question. It's been in the back of my mind since uh, since you've been talking about it. Um, so will there be an app for that? Uh, so uh, it, uh, right now it's, it's, it's a, a software program that you can download. Um, and we so we have two programs, one that's available now and one that we'll announce for the first time in the world uh, that we have forthcoming. Uh, so the first one we have is connected to your specific pages or to videos that you're watching. So you can look at what second or what page you weren't engaged with the content. Mm -hmm. And you can go back and study that to your benefit. Um, and we can give you average scores. So you can say to yourself, wow, when I'm reading, I'm not as focused as I need to be. And I seem to really learn well from video, right? I, I, I find it more engaging. Um, now, as much as I'd love to, I wish that everything I had to learn was in video form, <laughs> uh, but it's not. So I have to learn that I've got to maybe close my door, turn my phone off, um, you know, tell my family, hey, don't bother me. You know, I really need to learn this. And this is complicated stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, mm. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to read a, another scientist's complicated uh 
uh, theory. I want to understand it and, and, and I have to teach it. So, you know, I can't just kind of appreciate it. I have to really know it. And so I can organize myself to do that. Um, then we have a second product because we had so many people use that and say, well, I want to make my attention better. How can I do that? And I don't necessarily want it to be page specific. And so um, uh, working with uh, um, a scientist who's at Duke University, um, David Rabner, we've now incorporated the same model so that the brightness of your screen will change as a function of your attention. Wow. So we can give you immediate feedback that says, Colin, you're kind of dozing off here. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> And, and how do you know it? Because the, you, it, you know, the page just got a little dimmer. Not so much that it's bothersome, but that you now know. And if your screen's really bright, you're focused. Yeah. And so it gives you that immediate feedback. So in the first case, I didn't want to bother you because I want you to read however you read. Right? I don't want to disturb you so that, that you're thinking to yourself, oh, um, I have to focus more. And you're not actually reading the content. Mm. But then there were people who said, well, I actually want that feedback. So we were kind of like, okay, you know, if you, if, if customers want the feedback, we're going to give them a second option. So now they have something that is agnostic to whatever they're doing on their computer. You can surf the web. Um, you can download, um, you know, uh, this uh, talk and listen to it. Uh, if you want to listen to it second by second, you can download the product called Clarity. And it will tell you uh, when you were more or less engaged with, with this um, uh, this interview, um, or you can sit there and you can, um, uh, have your screen get brighter or dimmer while you focus your attention and give you feedback. So you're actually building that attention system the way you might try and build your muscles, right? Mm. You're going to exercise them for a short time period, no matter what you're doing. You're saying, I want to make sure my screen stays bright for the next 20 minutes. Steve Miller. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. You've been listening to Learning Capacity, brought to you by LearnFast. If you'd like to know more about Navanix Clarity, then visit learnfasthome.com.au. And remember, you can subscribe to this podcast for free. Find us on iTunes or SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash learnfast. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.